0: City WLCC Brandon
1: Faith Talk Tampa online at letstalkfaith.com. Download the Faith Talk Tampa app.
0: Following is sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries and is pre recorded.
1: There is a gift that God gives: the gift of singleness, the gift of celibacy. There are some people who have this gift. There's nothing wrong with them. There's nothing wrong sexually with them. They're just very normal. They're just very content to remain single. It doesn't bother them to be single. Why? Because they've been uniquely gifted by God. Not everybody has this gift.
2: I know people who seem to have that very gift. I imagine you know some people like that too. If you're as happily married as I am, You might think that's a pretty strange gift. Maybe there's something wrong with that person. They're very attractive and pleasant to be with, so why are they still single? Well, it just might be that they have the gift of celibacy. Hi, and welcome to Verse by Verse, a radio Bible class taught by Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Since 1981, Pastor Steve has been ministering and teaching at Lakeside, And now that ministry has expanded to include verse-by-verse ministries. Pastor Steve is wrapping up an extensive series of messages concerning the biblical family. Today we will hear the middle portion of his lesson on the topic of biblical singleness. There are certain advantages to being single, especially if you are involved in ministry, and that may be the main thrust of today's program. If you were with us last time, you may recall that Pastor Steve was telling us about three categories of people who can handle being single. He was about to share some very practical information from the Apostle Paul when our time ran out. So today, after we review those three categories of single people, we'll hear what Paul had to say about being single. Now, if you have your Bible with you, you might want to get ready by turning to 1 Corinthians chapter 7 as we begin today's class.
1: There are three categories he gives of single people who can handle being single. Number one would be eunuchs from birth. Due to congenital, uh, congenital defect uh, that, that affects sexual capacity and desire, these people would not get married. They are single. It's a, a physical thing. Secondly, there are man-made eunuchs, and that's physical too, only they had this uh, uh, put upon them. They were physically castrated men. It was a pagan custom uh, to do this, to please their gods. These men were often chosen to serve as keepers of the harem because they didn't have desires for women. And so it would be safe for them. Uh, so this is a physical thing of the first two. One they had no choice in, the second uh, they also had no choice in, it was placed upon them by others. But then the third category would be eunuchs for the kingdom's sake. Now unlike the first two categories, there is nothing physical about this form of singleness. That's pagan, The the, the second form is pagan, about being castrated, it's mutilation, it's pagan, it's condemned in scripture, it's wrong. But these people voluntarily decided to stay single and not marry for the sake of God's kingdom. God gave them the gift of being single and being able to handle life as a single adult, even though they could get married and fulfill all the sexual responsibilities within marriage. So those are the three categories. Now, that's all Jesus said. Our Lord just touched on this. He just alluded to this. And, and he said, basically, it's a gift that some people have. And if they have it in their unique situation, it's better for them to remain single and not get married. That's what the disciples said. Then it's better. Jesus said, you're right if you have this gift. And that's all he said. But it's the Apostle Paul who, some years later, in 1 Corinthians 7, expands on what our Lord said and clarifies what our Lord said. So you're right, I hear pages being turned. Let's turn to 1 Corinthians 7 because we're going to camp there for a while. Jesus really didn't teach on this subject. He just mentioned it, but Paul taught on it. Now, the background of 1 Corinthians 7 is this. The Corinthians had all kinds of problems about uh, and questions about whether they should get married, whether they should get divorced, whether they should stay single. Uh, what, what should they do? They were new believers, and uh, they didn't have clear teaching on this issue. So they wrote the Apostle Paul a letter. Three men bring this letter to Paul, and it had a bunch of questions. 1 Corinthians 7 is Paul's first answer to some of these questions, because he writes in uh, in verse 1, now concerning the things about which you wrote. So they wrote to him. He's just answering them back. And what he's going to do, and what we're going to see is, is in this chapter, he gives three basic uh, principles to help people decide whether to remain single or not. It's an option. Should you remain single or not? So let me give you the three principles. Principle number one, singleness is good. Singleness is good. Verse one, now concerning the things about which he wrote, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. The expression, as we've said in the past, to touch a woman means in a sexual way. Paul's point is that it is good to not get married. It is good to be single. You may think, but wait a minute, doesn't that conflict with what God said to Adam? It's not good that man should be alone. So God gave Eve as a companion. Well, both truths are taught in Scripture. But single people can also have friends who are companions. Man was not made to be alone he was made to be a social creature and yes marriage obviously meets that that need and other needs but as far as companionship you can have many companions who are friends and you don't have to be married to have a companion okay so so paul said that marriage that singleness is good it's good to be single paul didn't say that singleness is superior to marriage keep that in mind he's not saying it's better than being married, nor is he saying that married life is better than being single. He just said, it's good. We don't want to uh, read into what Paul said and make something more of it than, than he really said. He just said, it's good, it's good to be single. But while singleness is good, it's not for everybody because not everybody can handle it. Verse two tells us that, but because of immoralities, let each man have his own wife and let each woman have her own husband. If you can't handle the sexual temptations of singleness, then you probably should get married. That's what he's saying. It's good, but don't think it's, it's the only way to live. If, if, if you can't handle it, it's not good for you. So principle number one, singleness is good. Principle number two, singleness is a gift. It's a gift. Verse 7, yet I wish that all men were even as I myself am, which means being single. However, each man has, watch this, his own gift from God, one in this manner and another in that. But I say to the unmarried and to the widows that it is good for them that they remain even as I, meaning single. But if they do not have self-control, and he means sexual self-control, let them marry for it is better to marry than to burn. He's just taking it a step further than what he said in verse 1. It is good, but the reason it's good is, is this. It's good only if you have the gift. There is a gift that God gives, the gift of singleness, the gift of celibacy. There are some people who have this gift. There's nothing wrong with them. There's nothing wrong sexually with them. They're just they're very normal. They're just very content to remain single. It doesn't bother them to be single. Why? Because they've been uniquely gifted by God. Not everybody has this gift. Now, how can you tell if you have this gift? If you're content with being single. If you are content and satisfied with being single, then don't let other people pressure you into thinking anything's wrong. that You've got to fit some, some mold of society or some mold that the church says. If deep in your heart you're really satisfied with being single, as Paul was satisfied, then remain single. Then it's good to be single and you ought to consider remaining single because you have that gift. But why is it good? Why is singleness good? That leads us to the third principle. Principle number three, singleness has spiritual advantages over married life. That's right. Singleness is good because it has spiritual advantages over married life. Verse 25. Now, he writes, now concerning virgins, I have no commands of the Lord, but I give an opinion as one who by the mercy of the Lord is trustworthy. Now, is he saying that everything up to this point has been inspired, but now I'm on my own. That's what some people think. That is not what, uh, what Paul is talking about. Everything that Paul wrote was inspired. What he's saying is that I'm giving you inspired advice. I have no command. What I'm telling you is not an absolute. Even if you have the gift of being single, you're not commanded to remain single. You can get married and it's not a sin. He'll go on to say that. That's what he's saying. He's giving inspired advice. This is advice from the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul. These are general guidelines and that's all they are. But they're not absolute commands. So don't go out and say, well, uh, Paul said I have to get married or I have to remain single. He didn't say that. He's just going to give you Holy Spirit Advice, it's all inspired advice, and and uh, I'm going to give you from this portion of Scripture three advantages to being single. There's more in this portion of Scripture, but we only have time to highlight three. Advantage number one: If you are single, you are undistracted by persecution, persecution for your faith. Verse twenty-six. I think then that this is good, uh, good in view of the present distress. It's good for a man to remain as he is. Persecution upon Christians is very, very difficult, whether you're married or not. But it is even more difficult when you're married. Why? Because a man who is bold or a woman who is bold and says, "I don't care if they take my life," thinks twice about it. When you got a spouse at home with children who wouldn't particularly embrace the fact that you were martyred for your faith. you got other things to consider. J.B. Lightfoot said this, a man who is a hero in himself becomes a coward when he thinks of his widowed wife and his orphan children. See, we'd get distracted by that. I'd get distracted by that. I'd be distracted about, about well, who's going to take care of my children and, and who's going to take care of my wife? And, what, and, and that would be a distraction in serious persecution. The effectiveness of a ministry is lessened because of practical concerns about the family. Do you think the Apostle Paul could have gone all over the empire if he had a wife and children to think about? He might have. Might have had a wonderful ministry, but it would have been more difficult, would have been distractions. Verse 27. Are you bound to a wife? Do not seek to be released because some might say, aha, if if there's an advantage to being single, then let me get rid of her. And I can have a more effective ministry. Paul said, no, don't do that. Or a wife may say, let me get rid of him. And I could lead a singles ministry. And no, Paul said, don't do that. Are you released from a wife? Do not seek a wife. If you're, if you're not married, uh, then, then stay like that. Because there's a spiritual advantage. If you are married, don't get rid of her. That's what he's, that's what he's saying. But advantage number one is you are undistracted from persecution.
2: It's interesting that you should bring up persecution, Pastor Steve. Perhaps there are listeners who are wondering just how relevant that is in these days. After all, when is the last time that someone threatened you with physical harm or the loss of your job just because you were a Christ follower? Well, that actually happens all the time, all over the world. We live today in what has become known as the Age of the Martyrs. More people are giving their lives for Christ around the globe now than at any time in history. Many missionaries have gone to prison or been killed for their faith in recent years. You're listening to Verse by Verse. We want to take a moment and thank you for tuning in today. If you were late to class today, you can hear today's entire broadcast by visiting our website, versebyverseradio.org. You can listen or you can sign up for our free podcasting service, Verse-by-verse Verse Ministries is an extension of Pastor Steve Kreloff's teaching at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. That web address, again, is versebyverseradio.org. Now let's return to class. Pastor Steve has a couple more advantages of being single to tell us about. These are taken from 1 Corinthians chapter 7.
1: Second advantage, you are a single person is free from marital problems. Verse 28. But if you should marry, you have not sinned. And I want you to really note that even if you have the gift of singleness, if you choose to get married, you have not sinned. This is the only gift that I know of in the Bible that you have an option whether to use or not. So take that to heart. Even if you could be content with being single, if you get married, you have not sinned. But there are advantages to staying single. And one is to be free from marital problems. But if you should marry, you have not sinned. And if a virgin should marry, she has not sinned. Yet such will have trouble in this life, and I'm trying to spare you. Though it's to your advantage to remain single, it's not a command. Even if you have the gift of singleness, as I said, it's not a sin. But if you do get married, expect trouble in this life. That's why we've done this whole series on the family, because married... Couples have problems, and they need to know how to solve those problems biblically. Marriage does not solve your problems. If you have sexual frustrations out of marriage, don't think because you're married that all of a sudden there are no temptations anymore. Or if you're lonely out of marriage, don't think when you get married and now you're not lonely. Listen, I know many married couples who are more lonely now than they ever were. Because now they live with someone and uh, they know what it should be like. And it's not like that. And they're terribly lonely. How about anger and pride and poor communication? I mean, those are problems in a marriage. Conflicts that arise between two sinners who are married to each other. You're not married. You're just one sinner trying to make it. Now you get married. You got two sinners together. So Paul said uh, you're free from marital problems if you remain single. Third advantage Undivided devotion to Christ. And this is such a key, verse 32. But I want you to be free from concern. One who is unmarried is concerned about the things of the Lord, how he may please the Lord. But one who is married is concerned about the things of this world, how he may please his wife. And his interests are divided. And the woman who is unmarried and the virgin is concerned about the things of the Lord. That she may be holy both in body and spirit, but one who is married is concerned about the things of the world, how she may please her husband. And this I say for your own benefit, not to put a restraint upon you, but to promote what is seemly and to secure undistracted devotion to the Lord. When you get married, you have to be concerned about the needs of your spouse. The Bible teaches that. It's a sin if you're not. But when you are single, you don't have these concerns, so you're free to give undivided devotion. To Christ, there's greater potential for service to Jesus. Now, I want to balance this because let, let me try to put this in perspective. Married people are to be just as devoted to Christ as are single people. But they are limited. Married people are limited in what they can do because they have others in their family to consider. I mean, that's just common sense. A single adult doesn't have those limitations. Now, the, now they might if they have children. They might, but generally speaking, there aren't the same limitations. And let me once again try to approach it from another angle and balance it out. Marriage doesn't prevent devotion to Christ. We want you to be aware, marriage does not prevent you from being devoted to Christ, and singleness doesn't guarantee it, right? It's just that single people have fewer hindrances and the greatest potential to be single-minded in serving the Lord. That's all Paul is saying. So don't think that if you're in married, if you're married, you can't serve the Lord. It's not what he's saying. Your service is just a little more directed to your own family. Let me address the the singles just um, on a very important issue. If you have the gifts of singleness, you ought to be busy serving the Lord. All of us ought to be, but especially the singles, because you don't have the same hindrances that others have you may have other hindrances and to a degree you may as i said you may have children and so forth but you don't have the same hindrances if you have uh, no one else to rush home to or no one else to please what are you doing for christ you got to think about that you have the time to put in to be single-minded for christ and instead of asking there are many who ask uh and not so much in this church, but generally in the Christian community, well, what does your church have for singles? I think a more biblical question would be, what are singles doing in the church? That's a more biblical question. If you don't find a singles ministry per se in the Bible. That's not wrong to have that. That's that's fine. That's good. That's right. We ought to. We ought to have a very healthy one. But the attitude ought to be, uh, since I, as a single, have such uh, time And lack of of hindrances with being married, I ought to give myself more fully to the ministry of Christ. So, and we spent quite a bit on this, but the first biblical principle related to singleness is the biblical teaching. The biblical teaching about singleness. If you have the gift, It's good to remain single. That's basically what Paul's saying because there are advantages. But some may be thinking, I don't have this gift. I know I don't have this gift. So I have a desire to get married. What should I do? Well, you you may think, I want to get married. Well, uh, let's let's address that because this is the second biblical issue related to singleness. What to look for in a marriage partner. You may not have this gift. Uh, Probably most of you do not have this gift. So I want to look at this issue and take it a step further. What do you look for in a marriage partner? That's, that's is, that is that's critical. Years ago at the Moody Bible Institute in Michelle's class when she was a freshman, they gathered all the young ladies together and they said, in essence this to them, ladies, you could be married tomorrow if you just lowered your standards today. You could be married tomorrow if you just lowered your standards. And there are many... Christian men and women who are so desperate to get married that they have lowered their standards and married the wrong kind of person. And they will live to regret this. So what kind of a person should you be looking for? I'm going to make this as simple as possible. And I may say some things that are going to be surprising because uh, some people think, oh, there's only one qualification. Just be a Christian. I think there's more. I think there's more. Yes, number one is a Christian. The person you marry should be, must be a Christian. 1 Corinthians seven thirty-nine. In fact, Paul closes with this. Verse 39 says, a wife is bound as long as her husband lives, but if her, uh, but if her husband is dead, she is free to be married to whom she wishes. But then he adds, only in the Lord. Only in the Lord. Here Paul says that a single person is free to, to marry only a fellow Christian. That's so basic. But I'm going to say it because it's so violated. You know, I would think that I don't even have to say this, but I know I do because it's so violated by people who say things like, well, I I have a peace about this. Well, that didn't come from God. You know, but you have a peace about it. You feel good, wonderful, but that's not what God's word says. Paul says that marriage, and this is the whole thing that he's saying in verse 39, marriage is forever. The only thing that honorably separates you from your spouse is death. So you need to think twice before you hook up with an unbeliever because you're going to be with him until one dies. That's what he's saying. Now why is this so important? I know that there are young people who hear this and they disregard it. They hear this and they think, "Oh, it'll be different. It'll be different with us." It wasn't different with Solomon. First Kings chapter 11 verse 4 says this, "For it came about when Solomon was old, his wives and he didn't marry in the Lord. His wives turned his heart away after other gods, and his heart was not wholly dev- uh, devoted to the Lord his God as the heart of David his father had been. Solomon disregarded what God said. He had married many pagan wives, and they turned his heart away from the Lord. That's why you ought not to marry an unbeliever. God's word said it, but you will, uh, it, it will damage your relationship with Christ. You cannot maintain a strong walk with him if you are intent on disobeying God's word.
2: What an important biblical principle that is. Yet it's amazing how many professing Christians disregard it. They say, I can change him. Or, oh, I'm sure she'll come to Christ eventually. Well, once in a great while that does indeed happen, but not very often. No matter how deeply in love they are, when a Christ follower marries an unsaved person, they are headed for trouble. You have been listening to Verse by Verse... This radio Bible class is led by Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Verse-by-verse Ministries is a faith ministry which depends on the prayers and gifts of interested people who have first been supportive of their local church. Today's class was the middle portion of Pastor Steve's message on biblical singleness. If you would like to hear the entire message all at once, CDs are available please give us a call at 727-441-1714. Leave your name and a number, and we'll return your call during weekday office hours. That number again is 727-441-1714. Of course, making sure your life partner is a fellow believer isn't the only thing we need to be sure of before saying, I do. There will still be problems no matter how wisely we choose. And Pastor Steve will share...
0: Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells.